Hey up! Welcome to Fresh Meat, a freewheeling podcast highlighting talks with great minds all over the globe, from creatives to journalists, industry leaders, marketing geniuses, and more. Expect shit-hot advice, insights, get inspired to build brand love and positive change. Subscribe, share, and stay fresh. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the amazing, brilliant, always on top of things podcast, Fresh Meat. And I know what you're thinking. Who is this girl and where are the deep, sexy voices that normally enters our ears when we put this podcast on? Well, as much as I absolutely love and adore Jules and Jesse, it's time for some girl power up in this. That's what I feel. So that's why I'm here today. I'm Rosanna. I'm the Associate Creative Director at our Stockholm studio and will be the host for today. And will also be the host for the podcast that we do record in Sweden. And now you're thinking, Sweden, wait, don't you guys speak Swedish? Well, yes, we do. But I want all of you guys to be able to understand what we're talking about. So I'm doing this in English. And for that, I apologize, you guys. I'm really going to do my best, but there will be Swinglish happening here and there. So it's going to be at sometimes painful for both the Swedes and the English speakers. But hey, let's just roll with it and have fun. We're all doing our best here, right? And today we're going to talk about storytelling and what brand storytelling looks like in 2022. And I, for one, am super happy. I'm super proud and excited for today's guest to enter. And like, this is a person that I've been looking up to. He's super freaking cool. He's like, the first time I met him, he came into our office. He had a session about storytelling and I was just like blown away because he had such great things to say. And he made us think about storytelling in a way that I hadn't really done before, which really excited me. So I felt like I needed to have him on the podcast. So I started to hunt him down. I kept emailing him. I kept texting. Did I text? I think I texted him. I was like, please be on the podcast with us. That would be so much fun. And I mean, he wanted to, but he's such a busy dude. But finally, finally, after stalking him like a crazy Justin Bieber fan, we got to this point, which is today. And before I tell you his name, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him, get the excitement up a little bit. So this man has worked as a content producer, screenwriter and director for more than 15 years. And honestly, that's like half my life. And he has created content for some of Sweden's biggest companies, as well as produced galas such as like Guldegget, which is huge, and Rockbjörnen, which is also a massive music gala. So if you don't know what that is, please Google it because you'll be impressed. Let me tell you that. This guy has also directed both commercials and his own productions like the documentary Mad Dog and the award-winning short film Dimigador. Now, I know you're wondering. I know I built this up for you guys. You're on the edge of the seat. Now, who is this legend of a person? I want you all to give a massive round of applause. Oh, wait, don't do that if you're on the subway because that would be weird. But in your head, at least, give a massive round of applause for the one and only Martin Sundin. Welcome, <laughs> Martin, to Thank Fresh you. Meat Podcast. So nice to have you here today. How are you feeling? I am feeling great. Thank you. Isn't it weird that we're talking English to each other? We just talked Swedish when you arrived and now we have to speak like this. Yes, because the brain needs to sort of, you know, get into English mode. And, right. and it's like if some Swedish comes up, is it okay if we say something like uh, in Swedish? I mean, it is. And we could just 
quickly translate as well. We can do whatever we want. Like we are doing this in English for you guys. So if we need some Swedish words, accept it. Like just go with it. <laughs> That's what I feel. Now we are in charge. No one's here to tell us what to do and what not to do. So I it's, think it's up to up to me and you to do whatever we want. I know we have this little room. It's really beautiful. It's it a is. small, like really trendy room. I know. Yeah, I feel really smart. I hope I hope I will be smart during this this talk because the room, the air of the room is smart. It kind of gives us that smart vibe. That's what I yeah. feel. And like we just said this before too, we feel so trendy yeah. and so young and cool and hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be here all the time, but that would be way too expensive for me so I wouldn't be able to. I need young, cool and hip. <laughs> me too. So let's just do this once a week to boost our confidence, yeah. be in this room and sit here for an hour and chat about freaking nothing. Monday at nine, let's do the podcast thing. <laughs> so it's Monday morning in Sweden today now that we're recording. It's yep. a brand new week that we have ahead of us and I'm very excited to start it this way. I feel like it's going to give a great energy for the rest of the week, which I'm excited about. So... Honestly, you so you know a lot about podcasting. Martin has his own podcast yep. that is called uh, "The Story Behind the Story," a podcast about storytelling, which is really interesting. And yeah, I listen but, to the episodes. Yeah, it's in, in Swedish though. Sorry, guys, uh, but it's a it's a podcast about the process behind making a story, and it could be a, um, a film or a script or or a campaign or you know even a thought uh, because everything has a process before it gets done gets produced so that's what it's about it is really interesting but it also gives me a bit of like anxiety that you're a pro and I'm the one hosting <laughs> I'm like just trying to <laughs> be like okay I got this I got this covered and I know you're just jumping in here you're like oh there's the microphone no problem just put the headphones on like super chill super yeah. used to this it's we always do a one take it's like really cool everybody's just <laughs> like real clean in what they say and I'm like you know have this really great short questions <laughs> pointy questions <laughs> don't ever have to cut anything oh, no, nothing no. it just kind of Flows. Yeah, yeah. Great. I'm excited. All the episodes like that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about story storytelling yeah, today, yeah, and yeah. you know, like what is storytelling? I think most people that work in the business or has anything to do with comms or communications, they have heard the word storytelling a million times, and I think everyone listening knows somewhat what it is. Probably not my mom because she has no idea, so we could probably tell her. But you know, holler to the mom. <laughs> Oh, she's going to be so happy now. She's she's going to feel hip and young and cool, <laughs> which is awesome. But what is storytelling? If you would describe it to someone like properly, not just used as a cool word that you throw around when you're supposed to do a campaign, for example. I would say that storytelling is a tool to make people care. And when you say a tool to make people care, does it is it like Because sometimes I can feel like you need to have a conscience in everything you do, right? You want to make it real and you want to really move people with your stories. But sometimes I also feel like some do that to just create a feeling and that is not genuine. And so can storytelling also be used like in the wrong way, in a bad way? Yeah. I think. I, I mean, storytelling is, is, is probably one of the most powerful tools there are in the world. Because if you know storytelling and you're a devious person, you can like ruin a country. But if you know storytelling and you are, what I would say, a good person, you can change the world into a better place. I mean, look at the race for, for saving, you know, the climate or, or, you know, whatever you feel is a good cause. Storytelling is really, really, really powerful because it makes people uh, believe. It makes people feel 
it can bring out emotions, it can bring out a common identity to a cause. It could be a rock and roll group. When I do lectures in storytelling, I always start out with the, the band The Libertines. When I was 20-something and lived in Sweden, in Malmo, I sort of discovered the Libertines and they came and did a show. And that was like, you know, an experience that I still remember because it was, it gave me something to believe in. It gave mm -hmm. me and my friends, you know, sort of an identity that I guess music always does. You, yeah. you are drawn to this group or artist that says something that you believing or that makes you feel or they're cool in a way that you can identify with and you don't have to be them but you could be like sort of like them yeah and that could be enough you know they they give you hopes and dreams so i guess that, that's a a broad spectra of of storytelling but i think storytelling is something very small and it could be something very very big but the core of storytelling is to create an emotion for another person to attach to mm. or or not do you think that community is important when it comes to storytelling if we, if we look at the libertines for example that like you felt you were part of something bigger or a group or something and even when you see commercials that you really connect with or that really makes you feel a lot could that be also a thing that you feel like you're a part of something bigger or some more people think like you and feel like you do Like that is a human kind of thing, not just a great story, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's on point because I, I guess when it comes to, to emotions, you have your own emotions. And I think in this day and age where we live right now, where people want their, you know, thoughts and emotions and the way that they perceive themselves to be mirrored in society. Yeah. So you go out and you try to find blogs or pods or whatever, even books. I think people still read books sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> What's this? This is hard and it has pages in them. What was this? Do I need to flip the pages yeah, myself? Yeah, it's really weird. And there's no images. No one is saying anything. <laughs> this is so boring. 2022 is great. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I think that that whatever you feel yourself, you need to find someone else that feels the same thing. And I think that goes back like 30,000 years back in history that you, you are drawn to someone that feels the same way or wants the same way or perceive life in the same way. And that creates culture and culture creates identity and storytelling is, is all in the mix of this. Yeah. So when, when looking at storytelling, since you've been working with it for so long... I'm How? not that old. <laughs> <laughs> We're hip and young and cool. That's yeah. what I keep telling you. But what? how can you see that storytelling has changed? Like looking at how everything has changed just the last couple of years, storytelling must also have changed a lot because people demand more now than they did back in the days when we just kind of accepted everything that was thrown at us. We were like, okay, I do this and I buy that and I, you know, go to this place. Now it feels like it has it has to have it like evolved so much more. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how how far back you look because I'm forty something, and something and something. <laughs> um, it's early forty, so so it's it's forty early something. Back in the let's say before, let's say before the internet came, I yeah. mean, and became like the common person's thing, or even into the into the early you know decade. I mean in 
whatever, until like 2005 maybe. I mean, Facebook came 2007 in Sweden. I believe that, let's say back then, that it was harder to to check facts. Yeah. It was harder to see, is this true, is this not true? It was, it was easier for a brand or a state or whatever to say stuff like, okay, this is how it is and, and you just, you know, just go with it. And I think it was harder back then to to see the story or to, to, how should I say? It's really hard. English could be so hard sometimes. I know. So when you get like sort of, you know, a bit, little bit quiet and, and <laughs> thoughtful, you're like, what's that word in English? You can do it in Swedish. It's yeah. Fine. Basically, I, I think that today the demands on, on a store is much, much higher because it's easy to to investigate. Yeah. Let's say that's the word the story and if it's the story is false it's really really bad i think that's my point that's my point yeah 20 years ago a story could be false and it could you know go with it it's yeah it's maybe maybe it's not true but but you know let's go yeah but today if you say that you are uh, climate friendly or if you say that you you do social work or if you say that your brand is this and that and it and it's not then it's, it's really hard for the brand or for the story you need to be truth Trustworthy. Yeah, and today. I think that's kind of like the fake news thing as well. Like yeah. people are checking every little bit of your company and every little bit of your campaign, at least maybe the people that you want to reach because you are directing your, let's say, commercial to a specific group of people that has a specific mindset and they will look into everything that you do, right? Yeah. And I think that's very interesting, again, with storytelling, just like because everyone says that they use it and everyone says before every campaign, like we have to put storytelling in this. But how do you see the difference between storytelling and just creating good content? I'll come back to that because I just remembered that that I read a, an, a report mm. from Edelman Deportivo from I think 2020 or 21 that said that that as much as 70% of the generation set, like the generation where like people like Greta Thunberg is involved, yeah. If a brand story isn't, you know, the same as their perception of ethics or environment or whatever they believe in, they can turn away from the brand. Yeah. So if the brand says something and it's false, they can totally not, you know, they will stop buying from the brand. They will stop following the brand. So that's mainly the, p- the point of the last question that I think storytelling has become much more important in becoming trustworthy and it's much easier for people to you know break it down in bits and yeah. if it doesn't add up they will not follow you so yeah okay so the last question was again oh how you see the difference between like like storytelling in in let's say a campaign yeah. or just great content because i think for some people it can be hard to see the differences and i know that when you came to us and had the session when we really talked about the different commercials that you showed us, yeah, it got so much deeper than than it had ever been when I saw it on TV or something. Uh, when you really, really dig down deep and be like, okay, why are they doing this? Or why do they put that thing on the table? Or why is it a man or a woman or a kid <laughs> yeah. or whatever? Yeah. But how can people see the difference? Because as, as some sometimes I feel like it can be hard for someone that's not working in this space to understand that there is a difference as well. I think the why is the difference. Yeah. That you know why you're doing stuff. So if you're doing a let's say a commercial like a video, you know you need to know 
everything why. So why why is it why is it a person? Why is it a girl or boy? Where do they come from? Is it a grown or a, or a child? Where are we uh, in a social status? What's the story about? Why is it about this thing? Because when it comes to a story, a story has a framework and it has a storyline. Yeah. So the framework could be sell things. The storyline is the part that gives us emotion. So it can can still be selling furniture or selling beds or cars or whatever, but it has to have a storyline, the thing that moves us. And and as I said when when I visited you, uh, a great. A great example of that is is Titanic, the movie. Uh, supposedly, uh, James Cameron, the director, pitched the, the the Titanic as Romeo and Juliet on a boat. Yeah. And the great thing with with that sort of a, a logline or tagline or whatever you like to call it is is that we all know that the boat sinks, right? Because yeah. it's already happened. So if it was a, a film about a boat sinking, like Titanic sinking. It would be like boring because we know it sinks. We need us. We need the storyline, mm. and and obviously Titanic is about something else than a boat sinking. the 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 framework is the boat, but it's about you know two young people from different classes meeting up, getting in love. You know the story. Yeah. So a great a great piece of content could be a, a cool person wearing a cool hat in a cool city, but. I wouldn't say that that's a story. I would say that's a great piece of content, maybe because the hat is cool or whatever they, you know, whatever the story that kind of story is about. But for it to become a story, you need, I believe, a contrast or conflict. Yeah. So if you have cool person with a cool hat in a cool city, you need some sort of contrast or conflict for it to become a story. Yeah. If that person stands in ruins but still looks really cool. That's a conflict. If that person has, you know, whatever it's, um, I guess that there could be a lot of stuff. So yeah. you 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 have to use your imagination. You you're the one that listens. Imagine cool person with cool hat in a cool city. <laughs> what could be in the image that could be wrong? It could also be the copy over, you know, the image. Yeah. And if it's if it's a bit, if it's a video, you need you basically need. Something that make us uh, curious, that mm. that makes us feel something, and that has to be some kind of conflict or a contrast. And we need somebody to root for in a story. We need yeah. a hero in a story. It could be like a thirty second bit, but you still need the first thing you see is a person, and then you need if you make the story and you see this person. You need to make the one watching to root for that person in some sense, because if we are, chances are that we will share this film or clip. Uh, the chances of that is is high, but if we don't care about the person, we will probably not share it. We'll probably click it away in like you know eight or nine seconds. That's why cat funny cat on the internet always wins you know <laughs> because a funny cat is a funny cat they're cute they do stupid <laughs> stuff they do funny stuff there's always this contrast in it and that's very interesting and i also like the why part and i think that's good for all of us to know that we should maybe question what we see a bit more i mean we do do that but even because I, I, sometimes i can feel like I just view things and I can get super emotional, but I might not realize why I am. 
So I'm guessing that's a good story, but not like directed towards me. Maybe, maybe that is the reason why I don't understand why it affects me. Right. And I think that is so hard because now that we are doing campaigns and we're doing commercials and we are trying to think about these things after the session that we had with you, it's like, it's such, it's massive. Storytelling is such big work you know yep. now we're like posting a social media post and we're like okay this doesn't have a story we cannot post that and it kind of gives us it elevates our work obviously a lot but it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to do so so how would you recommend for people to like do you have a specific um way of the process of doing it because you've done so much around storytelling so what would be your recommendations for people when they are creating stories to actually do it properly and not just create content without conflict <laughs> <laughs> i always use questions mm. i think uh, a great way a great process in making a story is to ask yourself questions so why Why, what is it about? Why am I telling this story? How am I going to tell it? Who's listening? Where are they listening? Because if it's, uh, if it's um, you know, more of a commercial kind of, you know, campaign or whatever, it's a big difference between 30 seconds, eight seconds, and, and you know, a whole documentary or if it's written. So you need to put down a lot of questions about what you are supposed to do and what you want to do and start asking uh, start answering those questions mm. because if you start out on the blank paper and you go this bit is going to be crazy good yeah. and you start writing you 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 will end up somewhere but you can't really control where you end up which is pretty cool but but, but then it's more like a novel thing yeah. i think that you start writing about your life and and it ends up being you know this really great selling book or whatever But if you if you really want to if you really want to pin something down like for a pitch or for a campaign or for a certain film or a short film whatever you need to start out by asking questions for yourself or for for the group that you work with so so what is this about why am i doing this and and how are we going to tell it are you know the three simplest questions and then you can add on questions like what makes this unique How do I include people of, you know, certain parts of, of society for any reason? How will this reach through? What, what's the points that will make this reach through to the audience? I mean, you can, you can, you can tell a lot of different questions and you answer them. And when you've answered them together or by yourself, you always have that document. And so, you know, through the process, you can always go back and see, okay, why, why am I doing this? Okay. It's, it's because of love for my mom. Yeah. Maybe. It could be in a commercial as well, of course. Yeah, of course, it's about the love for my mom. That's why I'm doing this. It's not about selling cars. It's it's about the love for my mom. Okay, let's, you know, then you can go back in your process and you can be more defined on, on you know, the true message of it. Mm. And I believe uh, very often uh, the why is, is could be quite simple. You can write a lot about it, but it could be quite simple, like the love for my mom or or... Why am I doing this? Because I believe that we need to change this or that. That's yeah. that's the true why behind this story. And that's why I work passionately about it. That's why it's really important to me. And I want my work to be taking, you know, different, you know, colors or flavors 
from my passion. Yeah. So that's that's one part of it. And, and another part of the why is that, as I said before, we, we have the framework and the framework is something else than the why, the, the story, the storyline, the thing that makes us feel the emotions. And, and we need to... We need to find that. And to find that, I mean, we can go really deep on this, but I mean, to find that they, they I say they, but they've, they've said that in his, through history, dig where you stand. I think that, that what makes a story truly unique is to dig where you stand, to, to use yourself and use what you believe to color up the story, to, to bring it out to life. Because there are, there are like literally millions, trillions of stories being made every day. And the ones that reach through, I believe, are the ones that are, you know, brilliantly composed with, with dramaturgy and a conflict, but they need a flavor from the writer or the director or from the, the people behind the story. What are our message and why is it important? Do you think that you also sometimes have to put yourself out of the equation? I mean, because I, I know that if I do a story, I have my own, I have my history, I have my background, I have my values, my thoughts. And sometimes that might not be perfect for whoever is supposed to see this commercial or view it. Do you ever sense check with others just to kind of get yourself, even dig where you stand? Is, is, I love that. It's great. But also just to be like, okay, does anyone else kind of understand this yeah yeah i mean i i think uh this is also this is really interesting because it's quite you know it's a big field yeah so in one way um i, I would say if you work in a group or if you work yourself i would bring in feedback you know in a in an early stage mm. so I'll start out by, you know, writing these things that I really think is 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 good for the moment or that I that I believe in. They're not maybe they're not that good, but I I basically this is what I have, guys. So <laughs> please hire me. Maybe it's not that good. But <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is a bunch of crap that I put out on paper. So do you like it? Please say yes. <laughs> that happens a lot. No, that happens sometimes. Uh never. Never. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but basically, it, when it comes to that, uh, I would say feedback because if if you're in a group and and you get the assignment to do something and you you work so hard and you really put your soul into it and this is me and this is how I do it and you're like you know ninety percent through with with your task and you go to the 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 group or you know whatever you work with and you go this here here this is brilliant. And the, there, there are three persons more in the group and they go, I don't understand this. I don't like this. I think you should, you know, withdraw this. That is, that's going to be, you know, crucial to you. Yeah. Because you're, you're ima- all these things that you put in of yourself, you don't like it. <laughs> Damn you. But instead, if you, if you write it, uh, a draft down that you're not really emotionally attached to, you believe in it, but you're not that attached you you let's say instead of 90% through you're like 60% through and you go guys what do you think about this and then they can say i i don't understand this and i think you should take leave this out and then you're not that invested in it yeah so you can take that out do a rewrite and and end up in another place that's even better uh so i think that's a difference bringing feedback early and then also, of course, depends on what kind of thing 
piece that you're that you're doing because if there's a if there's a target group and they are for me that's 42 yeah i said early 40 so i'm not lying <laughs> 42 if if the target audience is is girls 14 to 16 in norway obviously i really need to do research i really need to talk with girls in that age, in that spectra, I need to do research. I need to understand where are they going? What are they doing? What are they thinking about? What's this campaign all about? What's this book, this film all about? I really need to understand um, understand them. And when I do, and when I have like, you know, maybe interviews with them where I can read how they talk, how they speak, what they like, I can add myself to it. Yeah. Because then that little, you know, me thing could make it unique in a very small way, but still add something of yourself. The way that you use images or the way that you tell the story or the way, you know, the way that you that you bring out maybe a conflict or, or a subject matter or whatever it could be. So I think, yeah, I mean, you could always bring a little bit of yourself into it because I think it's important for your own passion. But I also need to know who you're talking to and what are they talking about? I mean, because if I go and say, yeah, I think that, you know, 14 to 16-year-old girls in Norway, they think like this, yeah. I think that would be, a, you know, a really bad thing. But I'm sorry to say, I think that happens a lot, though. I think so, too. And what I find interesting also when talking to people and, and have, like, focus groups or whatever, and you really try to learn more about them, what I find interesting when it comes to asking questions is... Are they answering me truthfully or are they answering what they want to be or what they want, what they think I want to hear? And I think that is also... <laughs> Sounds like I'm talking with my daughter. <laughs> and I also think that is interesting when it comes to, uh, when it comes to storytelling and the way we tell stories, because that is also something you have to figure out. Like, yeah. are, are they just saying this because they they want to be this person and is that who we are targeting then is that what we're building the story around or are we building the story around who they really are which is also i'm not sure which way to go here and i don't think there is a right answer because if they want to be something i guess they will be attracted to whatever campaign we do that tells the story around that but also um finding their inner truth yeah which I think is super hard to kind of figure out which way to go in this spectrum. Um, do you have do you have that? Have you had that experience yourself, or have you ever thought around that and how to actually act on that, or, or what to do with that information? I mean, I think experience is important. Also, of course, that that you've that you can see, you you can you can see the process and see the situation and and sort of evaluate because. Sometimes you also know what you want to say, and I'm sorry to say, but the people in it are, you know, tools to say whatever you want to say. Yeah. And right there, uh, storytelling could also become this bad storytelling where you're like, we have this message and we want to get it through. So we, we find people that can help us get it through. And that could lead to bad things. And that could lead, uh, lead to lies. I mean, I have this great lie. And I'm I'm using people to get this great lie through because if people see that other people talk good about my lie, they sort of believe it. And then again, we create culture and then again, we create identity yeah. and polarization and 
that's sort of how Trump works, right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So that's that's a, a bad way to go. But if we stay on the you know sort of the whatever good side, uh, I think that. I mean, I have a friend that works with a brand, uh, a Swedish brand, and he and he and he actually told me it's it's that you you said a lot of people know probably who they are and where they are, but they they try to be someone else, right? Because mm. that's the way people are, I guess. You know, you you want to. I am this kind of person, but I believe I'm somebody else, or I want to be somebody else. So this person told me that when they do campaigns. The people that buy their their products are maybe you know like me around forty, uh, because it's it's a, it's a premium product. Anyway, that's who they target. But in the campaigns, they they show people that are younger. Oh, yeah. So so they show people. So they 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 realize that okay, the people that buy our products, they are we we believe. Okay, this is this is all about believing. So I'm not yeah. saying that it is like this. I'm just saying that they believe that it is like this. They believe that their target audience are like this and this and this. Uh, they're mid age. They live in the city. They have a certain amount of money. They live as you know a, this kind of life. So who do they identify with? Who do they think that they are for real? You yeah. know that that they or for real. Who do they think that they? Who do they want to be? Yeah. That's where that's where I'm aiming at. So they they take people that are you know whatever cool. That's a broad word, <laughs> and younger than the target audience, and put them in a in a in a context or in a part of a city where the product looks you know interesting and and I use the word cool again. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Again, <laughs> Swedish. Swedish. Cool yeah. is cool. Cool is cool. So uh, basically, uh, they know who the target audience is, and they know what they like, and they know uh, what they identify with. They believe they know, but I think you know they've done the research. So they they use you know other things, other sorts of people in another age to attract. Does that make sense? It does make sense because then it's like we are not showing who you are, but who you want to be. Yes, that's like the main. That's yeah. what their storytelling is yeah. about, right? My last four minutes in like five <laughs> words. I just brilliant. But you, you, you do all the explanation. <laughs> I just do the tagline. Yeah, that's how we work. <laughs> but I think that's very interesting because if I think about who I want to be and how people are influencing what I buy or what I do it is like when I'm looking at like influencers for example like these big ones not going to say any names but we all know who I'm thinking about you know these sell they sell like all these kinds of different products and they that is bad storytelling because you know that they get a bunch of money to just show whatever they have right and so a couple of years ago influencers was like the biggest thing and and everyone bought everything they had but now you see the micro influencers are the ones who are actually gaining more traction because you believe that they know that they only work with brands that they do actually love yeah. because they're not as big and i think that's quite interesting to see how we have changed as humans that we don't believe these big ones because we we know that they do everything for money and the smaller influence like the micro influencers are the ones that are actually true and interesting and i think maybe that's something as well when looking at commercials and looking at campaigns that we do like the trustworthiness that we talked about earlier how important that is and just finding that fine line between telling a cool story that makes you react and actually 
tell like a genuine story, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, because you want to do these big, you want to do these big ass campaigns that's like everyone looks at them like, oh, that's so cool and that's so hip. And, you know, they know what they're doing. But if there is no emotion in it if, and it doesn't feel genuine and it doesn't feel real or true, no one will probably buy the product anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, probably. I think that that it could also, it's also that that in the circle of trust, you mm. know, now we're talking. Circle of trust. Yeah, we're, we're actually doing circles <laughs> now in the in the room. We're yeah. like a cult in here yeah. welcome to the circle yeah. of trust let's let's <laughs> let's put down the light and light a candle yeah the circle of trust i mean in in um and game of thrones i haven't seen it i'm too scared yeah it's 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 basically you know dragons people having sex things are burning and with they're their fighting. siblings right yeah. that's why it's that's why i can't watch it because it's no, like I, know. I heard it's too raw it's it's very raw yeah, yeah and and there's a lot of swords oh also. i don't like that no but the context, if you have watched Game of Thrones or if you watch like films or series like that, uh, we're in the circle of trust. So uh, that's, the, that's the world of Game of Thrones is the world that we believe in. So if you watch, uh, if you watch a, a, a crime series and there would be, you know, dragon suddenly coming flying in, you'll be like, why? <laughs> What's this? It's dragon? You know. So if the sender and the viewer has agreed upon a context, mm. that's the truth, right? So if we agree that there are dragons in this show, there are dragons in this show. If we agree that they're not, there can't be dragons because then it's not, what's this? It's not, it's, you, you can't believe it anymore. Yeah. So when it comes to a campaign, you have to have the circle of trust. So it could be like this really colorful, really weird, really, you know, all over the place kind of commercially message and we would believe it if you break the rules that you've set with the with the viewers or with the target audience if you break those rules i think everything will fall apart yeah because you you are you're building this world i went to to rosendal garden party uh, festival in sweden uh, this week and i saw tyler the creator mm. i also saw florence and the machine and both those acts they tell a story that they've made up and a story that attracts, you know, so many people and all the people in front of the stage, both when Tyler, the creator and Florence the Machine played, were absolutely in the moment. They were believing everything that they were saying. There was so much emotions. There was so much energy because they had like, you know, the circle of context or whatever, the circle of trust. They were in the zone. Yeah. And and everything that they, you know, sort of do on stage or whatever they sing and say is is made up by them. Yeah. It's their world that we are perceiving. So if you take that all the way back to the libertines for me, that's we start out with. I don't think that the libertines or Florence and the Machine or Tyler the Creator went out and did like a survey. What what do kids, you know, what do what kids... Girls, 14 to 16 yeah. in Norway. Yeah. Do they like this kind of fairy-tailed, you know, British pop music? Uh, they just go with it. They have the, they, they have a, a strong emotion and intuition, a way of, you know, you know describing or a way of, of creating culture that's their very own. And, and they do it and they believe in it. 
And if people like what they do, people come to them. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the purest form of culture that we have. Yeah. So if you want purity, that's the most pure thing we have. I have an idea, and this is how I, I like to, to tell it. And, and people listen, and they'll come to you. That's really, really pure. Like Jesus. <laughs> you know? Like Jesus. Yeah. 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 He had an idea, and he, he really, really believed in it. And he found a target target audience that really believed what he said, and they came to him. And he had a following. And I mean, he's talking about influencers. I mean, he's, he's the first great one. one. He's the first one. The first one. It's the great one. And he had a very bad ending, but you know, it is what yeah, it, is. it like, is. Yeah, he had a short. He had a short run. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> short and intense. Very short and intense. But he was a great storyteller. Yeah, amazing storyteller. Right? Religion is amazing storytelling. It is, right? And it can be, like we talked about earlier, good and it can be bad. Yeah. It can be all these kinds of things. And also, like, I think... And it's it's also about believing. Yes. And so, passion. Uh, passion. Yes. Yeah. It's the passion. And I think that's so interesting when looking at music and looking at artists. It's it's their massive passion for what they do and they sing and, you know, their their music but also their way of not really giving a fuck, you know, yeah, that they're yeah. like, okay, this is what I do. This is what I love. I'm not creating music for you guys right now. I'm doing this because I love this kind of music. Yep. And then when people start loving it, it kind of goes, it kind of becomes this whole community of like-minded people. Yeah. And I mean, we can't really do it the same way when we talk about campaigns and when we talk we have to think about what people think as well but i think i just had this idea now and it comes out of nowhere obviously but whatever when we're talking about stories and we're talking about connecting with people and we're talking about we want to be inclusive nowadays it's so important especially in in scandinavia and you know in sweden it's so important with with being inclusive what i have realize what I've seen lately that I want to talk to you about is when you take it too far. When you have a story, you you create a story that's great. And then you put a bunch of people that you think should be in a campaign or should be in a commercial to create inclusion, to create diversity. I think it's so interesting because I love that we think that we want everyone to be like be a part of it and feel welcome, you know, in in, in whatever we do. But it can be used in such a bad way that it's just stupid and it doesn't make sense, Yeah, you know? And I feel like that is kind of happening a lot right now. I don't it know is. if you agree. It is. And I think when we talked about earlier storytelling and, and that you have to ask all the whys and like why why this girl or this boy or this man or this woman, is there a way for us to think about inclusion in storytelling to make it actually inclusive and not just add-ons because it's people of certain you know with certain people should be in that context yeah i mean first of all this is this is hard because this is a minefield it is but i mean if you take climate for for as an example mm. uh it's been for for quite a long time now that businesses are of you know big businesses or small businesses everybody is is greenwashing yeah the companies are screaming out this is what we do to help the climate and they're focusing on what they do good and they're trying to hide what they're doing that's not that good. So if, if it's a steel industry, they say stuff like, we are leading in helping out the environment within the steel industry. But they're still, you know, 
not good for the climate. Yeah. Whatever they say, whatever whatever they say and whatever they try to do, they're still not, you know, good for climate. But they try to be perceived as that. Through story storytelling or but I'm not going to take it away from them because they probably try as good as they can to be to new to help out, but they're still not good. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to diversity, uh which is I would say as as you talked about like i would say it's like the next thing that people at least in sweden or companies in sweden try to focus on i think that you are um putting people into a context because you know that you need to yeah so you, you, i mean you haven't always thought about why am i why are we doing this i i i guess they have because why is because they feel that they need Mm. But that's not the true answer. So it could be that you they use certain kind of people or, or people from, you know, yeah, certain people to bring out, uh, you know, a message or to make your company look diverse when maybe it's not. I don't know. This is a very general kind of, you know, conversation I have with the mic right now. But But I believe that if you want to bring out diversity in storytelling – you need to start with the roots of the company. Mm. Who are working at the company? Where do we exist? Who buy our products? I mean, it's all down to the roots. Are do we are we a company for everyone or are we just saying that we are a company for everyone? Are we doing this to really help out society or are we doing this just to sell products? And you know, where are we on that scale to be like trustworthy? And again, the circle of trust. The circle of trust. Putting wrong, not not like wrong people, but putting people that shouldn't be in a context in a context will break that circle of trust, right? And I think that asking all these questions to yourself, and and the one thing I think was interesting that you said is like, who are buying our products? Like, are we for everyone? Because no company on this earth is for everyone. There's like no way you can be. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of brands need to be more true to that. And like, okay, we, yeah, we are inclusive. I mean, we won't want everyone to be here if they want to, but why are we actually here? And who are we created for? And I guess that's hard when you have a company or you have a brand that, that you really want people to, to join. You want to join your course or whatever it is. But maybe that is quite important to think about and to dare to be honest about it and dare to be true to it instead of just trying to spread yourself out to everyone that's not really interested, I guess. I, w- I would say, if you talk, you talked about trends and I would say, and I, this is this is more like what I hope, but also what I sort of see is that it's become more important than ever to be, you know, helping out in society. Mm. Uh, and I think a lot of brands really are helping out in society and a lot of brands that you don't even know about. And I think that that, that has become more and more uh, important and that, that, that is more in focus of the core. But, I, I, but I, I don't think that, this is generally again speaking, but I, I think that all companies, especially the big companies, really, 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 really need to, to in their core, have a why that's, that's why do we exist? We exist to make the world a better place, yeah. you know, and when it comes to everything, not just environment or, you know, when it comes to everything, who's working here? Who are the products for? How do we make the products? How can we, you know, make a change 
and then they can't just you know do that as a autumn 2023 kind of campaign and then just let it go for 24 because they found something else that was cooler they need to stick with the story because again back to you know the generation set if you say that you are something and we when we then later discovered that that's not true that could be extremely hurtful for the brand or the the um, the company or or you know the story or the person or, or you know whatever so i i i hope that's a, a trend and i hope it sticks that that we need to use stories we need to use the power that we have you know to make things better yeah especially uh, now that the world is kind of a crazy place yeah and are there any other trends that you see? And I'm thinking specifically post-pandemic now that people are getting out again. And and we are, like, the the pandemic itself was kind of a bit of a trauma for a lot of people. And, and you could either, like, freeze or you could fight it or you could just get the hell out, fly, you know. And do you think that, because now I think that we've, we've been a bit traumatized and we've been a bit, you know, under the weather where we've been sad and, and you know, and everything that's going on. Is it harder to reach people now that we're in that state that we're not really, um, it's hard for us to receive information right now? Do you think that storytelling needs to kind of adapt towards that at, at all? Or do you think we could just kind of go on talking about, yes, of course, like we want to make the world a better place and all that. But, you know, the way we talk about it, because people are not that open as they once were because of everything that's happened. I mean, the pandemic is is I mean, it's still a thing. Yeah. Um sort of. And as you can see in the news, people now travel. Mm-hmm. We want to travel again. Everything is chaos. We want to go out and do stuff again. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to meet people again. So, yeah, I think that that there we are in in, in a historic place where we once again want to reclaim, you know, to meet up, to do stuff, to go to a concert. I think people now are, are more open to those kind of messages again. And and I think a big thing that I don't know what's going to happen with is that that the pandemic had people obviously working from home. Mm. And now when, when there is like not that much talk about the pandemic anymore, it's people still work at home. Yeah. So like two or three days a week, a lot of, you know, people working at offices are allowed or or you can work at home if you want to and one two or three days they're at actually at work and so that's a thing that's i think it's really interesting how do we talk with these people because if you're home two days a week what does that what does that mean yeah because it's i mean it's really nice to you know i can work from home it's really cool it's really nice but you're still all by yourself two days you know two working days a week and yeah. how does that affect us? What do we need? How will that change, you know, things, how we look upon things? So I, I think, you know, when it comes to storytelling, someone will very soon start to target people working from home. What do they need? How do they feel? What kind of bad things or good things are coming out of that? Because we're people and we need to meet people. We need to be around people. Most of us need, I would say, the general, <laughs> general part of person. us. But I think that's so crazy because now that we're talking about it and haven't really 
thought about this earlier, but yes, we want to travel and we want to go out and meet people, but we also want to work from home. So we are craving this human connection and humanity, you know, yep. but we also want our privacy and it kind of contradicts, right? So how do we even reach people now? Like, it feels like we're all, we all have two personalities in a way, <laughs> doesn't it? Like this happened to us and we're just kind of, because we adapted to working from home for two years. We just had to because we couldn't do anything. Now we have a choice and now we don't really know. I think a lot of people are struggling with who they are and who they want to be and, and what, what they should do or shouldn't do. Like everything, you kind of have to start over in a way. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be hard for us working in communications to kind of adapt to both the working from home person, but who also wants to travel and go out and meet new people, right? <laughs> we have some work to do. That's what we I feel like. Work this is going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting when, when you put it like that. What kind of stories do we do or make or produce to a person that wants the cake? and wants to eat the cake and have it for later. Yeah, because that's what we are doing right now. And I think that will be interesting to see now the year that's coming up, like 2022, 2023, to see what will happen and how will it change, because it will change. And and looking at the world today, I feel like it's not going to, the chaos is not going to calm itself down that much. It's going to just continue because now people are out again and, you know, trying to figure out who they are and, and who they want to be, maybe. And I think a big part of us telling stories, maybe it is to actually also help them find themselves in a way. Yeah. And be like, you're okay with being who who you are. You don't have to be the person that you were before this. But, you know, kind of support people maybe more than we've done before because it's been a lot about obviously selling products or services or whatever when we're talking about campaigns and we're talking about communications but maybe we have a bigger responsibility than that now as people working in this field and working with stories to actually also help people in this process going deep now that's what i felt <laughs> i was like Shoo. i'm going hello yeah. <laughs> hello come back, come back up here um <laughs> Yeah, for real. I mean, I, I totally agree. And and it's, um, I don't know how much of that that's our uh, responsibility, you know, you know, with, but, but when it, when it comes to story, when, when you talk, I, I, I sort of, you know, instantly think about emotions. Yeah. Make me care about, you know, things. And I mean, a story will be a story regardless of where you tell it. Yeah. You need a hero. Uh, you need a conflict, you need a presentation, uh, you need, you know, this thing that that solves the conflict, whether it's a a person that helps out or 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 an action that that happens that that's you know sort of you know helps out, you know, the problem or the conflict, whatever. And you need a solution and you need a sort of an ending. And it's always gonna be like that. If if you believe in sort of a Western uh, dramaturgy, that's that's basically it. Mm. Uh, and and it's there because uh, Aristoteles talked about pity, fear, and catharsis. So pity, uh, we need to feel for the hero. Uh, fear, we need to fear that something is going to happen and we need to f get the feeling that the person, the hero has to make it. Uh, we, root, we, we root for the hero. And and catharsis, obviously, you know, with the with the with the ending yeah. that we can just sort of 
breathe out and just relief. relax, yeah. the relief. So, and all th- these three points are connected to to the brain. I mean, to the to the uh, neurosis, to um, the release of you know substances in your brain that you get, you know high or alerted or or that you get in touch with your feelings and that you get relieved and get you know an emotion of of well-being i mean the story will be will always the structure of the story will always be the structure of the story but it's obviously what we put in into it it's like a machine that you put in stuff into and and if you put in you know love and hate in the start you will have a story about that and that's what's coming out of it but okay. if you put something else in something else will will come out so you know when it comes to uh, post pandemic stories i think that you need to think about i mean a great thing to find new inspiration a, get, a great thing to find new stories is obviously to to dig in history mm. to to use things that that's been done before you know steal as lot as you as, as much as you can yeah. don't be afraid of stealing stuff i mean you shouldn't steal in, in shops and so on <laughs> but <laughs> but but you know or let's just say let's let's just say borrow things from history because a lot of great things has already been done so that's a good thing. Uh, uh, if you are doing a story about, you know, um, this thing, try to see what what totally different brands or different things, different stories are told or made, and try to borrow things from other fields. Mm. So go back in history, try to borrow things from different fields. Again, dig where you stand. What's important for for you, for us right now, and I I believe that. Sweden and and other countries are very different. So, what we believe here could be, you know, something else in in you know in another country, and and also so then then you have sort of a three different things. You have history. You have you know mix it up with something else from another branch or another you know company or whatever, and and yourself, and then then you also have you know the target audience. Who yeah. are they? What do they need? How do they feel? I mean. Imagine <clears throat> if you work from home and you have a friend or or you know a partner and you work at home and you feel lonely in the film and you know things doesn't work out the way you wanted it to because you feel yeah, like lonely maybe someone will send you lunch and you get happy yeah. or maybe someone come brings lunch to you and makes you happy sort of a you know <laughs> I don't know why I made it up but that could be a story mm. for people working home. So basically, what what we start up this this segment with uh, the, this post pandemic working from home people, what do they need? Yeah. And I believe that they need you know energy. They need to meet people. They need um, they need something because so they don't get isolated. Maybe it's enough with three days on in the office and two days working really hard. I don't know. But it, it will change the way that we tell stories for certain things and certain brands. And there has to be a Hollywood film very soon about the things that you just said. You know, this <laughs> yeah. lonely girl, you know, she's working from home, she's single, you know, she tries to date, she doesn't find anyone. She finds someone, he's an asshole, obviously. She goes on uh, and she finds this other person who's also working from home. Yes. It's like it's like a pandemic version of Bridget Jones's diary. Yes. That's what, yes. <laughs> that's what I that's, want. 
that's what it is. Maybe Renée Zellweger will do the part as the girl. I would love if yeah. that happened. That is all I want right now. Yeah, and 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 you know the the one that she finds the true love is the neighbor. Ooh. Maybe maybe a, a few Upstairs. floors up. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. But he's always been you know he's 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 weird. He he always stays home. Mm. So he's the weird guy. The awkward the awkward neighbor. The awkward neighbor. That, but you can see that he's that he he or her has something. Yeah. In the beginning of the film, you can see that there is something with this person that you like, but it's also awkward. So they try to speak in you know when they meet, but they. They don't have, you know... No, they drop their grocery bags yeah. when they meet in the staircase. And yeah. it's just, you know, all these weird... I, I think we should make this movie. Isn't this a good idea? I think it's a great idea. So they meet up and, and they have this moment. And then for the for the last, you know, the last big push, you know, one of them are, you know, don't want it anymore. They want their solitarity. So they go back, you know, no. to being alone. No. Yeah. So both of them are sitting alone again, and they're like really lonely. Yeah. It, it it not we won't play all by myself again, but maybe. But we could. It could. But it could, could also be. I wanna know what love oh, is. Oh no! And I would cry. Oh, and I want you to show me. That is the saddest scene yeah. I could ever think of. <laughs> yeah. right now. And they're like really, like really lonely. And she walks up and she opens the refrigerator and there's nothing in it. Yeah. It's nothing in it. And then, bling, plong, you know, on the door. Yeah. And she goes and opens it. And outside, the awkward neighbor stands and has brought, you know, food. Lasagna. Las- homemade lasagna. Right. And, the ho- and the neighbor says something like, I thought you were hungry. Yeah. And I, and I thought you were hungry part is, is, is really, I missed you like crazy. And yeah. I love you. And I keep thinking about you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we could play I miss you like crazy. <laughs> I miss you like crazy. And they would, and then we'll have the segment where they're like all holding hands, you know, they're shutting the night away. Yeah. And from there on they will always be together. And then we'll end everything with a little quick marriage shot, you yeah. know. We're happily ever after. When when you have the the um the text at the end of the what is it called? The after the, the, the end, after. end credits. Yeah. Yeah. When you have that, you just see fragments, you know, of them getting married. Yeah. In homemade video camera. Oh, shooting. that's beautiful. Yeah. Don't anyone steal this idea no, now? You cannot steal this idea. You can steal a lot, but not this. No. Like <laughs> Will they have kids? Um, maybe in the in the part end two. Cr- oh, there's a sequel. Could be. Could be. This is good. <laughs> I need to write this. God damn it! Yeah, you you need to go and get write this. And yeah. anyway, I think we've been recording for what like an hour now already. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's been wow. an hour, which is crazy. Which is great. Um, and unfortunately, it's Monday, and we've got places to be, people to see, meetings to do. I've been coughing for like ten minutes. Can we do <laughs> ten more minutes? <laughs> yeah, oh, it will be lovely for the person editing this. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Do you want to leave us with any like last pieces of advice when it comes to storytelling? Famous last words. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, which I stole from Andrew Stanton, uh, who, who's, you know, one of the people behind, you know, Toy Story and Cars and so on. Genius. I, he's a genius. I would say, make me care. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Uh, of all, because if you don't care about what you do or what the story that you tell, 
no one else will. So you need to care to make other people care. And that's our main goal, to make people care about what we are saying. Because if they care, they get emotions, they get curiosity, they get engaged. That's a great start of starting, you know, like this mini culture that also can attract people that search for an identity. But don't you dare use this in a bad way. <laughs> no, we're going to keep our eyes open for bad people and we're going to hunt them down, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, for that, sure. Yeah. Coming up Tuesday, <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. Yeah. The bad ones. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us at Thank Fresh you. Meat Martin. It was awesome to have you here. I think we could probably sit here and speak for days if we didn't have things to do. But you know what? Life calls. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. It, thank you. Like this is our first freaking Swedish one. So hoping for a lot more and maybe we'll get Martin back one day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in for this month's episode. We will be right back with a brand new topic, inspirational guests, and of course, hosted by our global Very Fresh Meat crew. So join us, subscribe, share and comment. You know what to do. And always, always stay fresh.